You're listening to the Bossa Awards podcast series, hosted by me, Sam Marshall, in recognition of the 25th annual Bossa Awards, partnered by Hollard. To be seen, heard, and ultimately understood, to stand before a group of like-minded contemporaries and accept their accolade is a universal desire. In this podcast, I speak to three guests about winning a BASA award and working with business to develop creative expression. And we will dissect both the implicit and explicit value of being judged by a jury of one's peers and where the advantages lie. My guests are Madeline Lambert, Head of Research for Business and Art South Africa, Nadia Varasami, Moving Into Dance, three-time BASA Award winner and a judge at the 25th BASA Awards, and Maria Paula McGurk, 25th BASA Awards commissioned artist and three-time BASA Award winner. Thank you very much for your time, Nadia, Maria Paula and Maddie. Maddie, I think the big question I want to ask you first, and before I go to, to Nadia and to Maria Paula, is our theme today is the real reward in recognition and what does it mean to win a BASA award, right? But maybe I should point that very question at you because you're the think tank, you do all the stats, you do the numbers. What should it mean to win a BASA award? Thanks for that question, Sam. Um, Yeah, definitely from the perspective of BASA award stakeholders and feedback that we've received from them, Um, Our winners definitely do find value in being recognized as BASA Awards winners and even as finalists. Um, It's really an opportunity for them to be celebrated for their collaborations, for their contributions. Um, And I think some of the key benefits that have come up in previous engagements have been, um, apart from the prestige of being recognized as a winner, is also the opportunities for publicity and also brand leveraging that come through winning a BASA award. So some of the feedback that we've had um, and even our arts track research has shown that South Africans tend to look quite favorably on businesses who support arts and culture. Um, and this is a trend that we've also seen through the BASA awards where um, we've gotten feedback from our winners and from even finalists that the visibility, the kind of acknowledgement, um, the recognition, and also just kind of general awareness and visibility um, that people gain um, through being profiled as a BASA Award finalist and winners is really valuable. Um, It also gives their projects some more airtime. It gets them more familiar with our other stakeholders and audiences. So it's a networking opportunity as well. And aside from the platforms that BASA uses to profile and announce the winners and the finalists, they also then have an opportunity to leverage off that further and to say, we are a BASA award winner. So there is a sense of prestige and pride in being able to say you're a winner. um, And it does add to the credibility of the organizations and their collaboration. Um, But I think also, um, particularly on the part of the arts partner, being able to say you're a BASA award winner can also help you leverage other sponsorship opportunities in future, either with your existing partner or with new partners. So this is something that you can use to incentivize other collaborators from coming on board with you. Um, This potential for being able to enter the BASA awards and possibly being named a winner and all of the added 
visibility and credibility that comes along with that. And then, of course, the networking opportunities of being at the awards ceremony and then also getting that publicity, getting people to hear about you and people connecting with you through those kinds of events and communications. Maria Pola, Nadia, you both are three-time BASA recipients. I don't know, at some point when you win so many awards, it becomes kind of boring. What has it meant winning an award? Are you still a little bit anxious? It's not really an award that speaks to the individualistic nature of awards, but it really talks about collaboration and improvement and impact and intent of impact more than anything else. So having now been a winner three times, the organization has won three times. What does that mean? It has always been an honor to win a BASA award. And uh, I think coming from the not-for-profit sector, you know, we, we constantly, it, it's a constant battle to find funding. And, you know, having a partnership with a corporate recognized um, and seeing the value of one's work is, you know, for me is the, the ultimate victory. Because, you know, visibility um, of one's project as a not-for-profit within the broader corporate sector is, is, is very difficult to flag or to pin down. And I think that's something that BASA has pretty much hit the nail on the head with. Um, you know, we get other people to see the kind of work that we do within the arts and the kind of impact that their projects create. And, it, and it's beyond the monetary impact. It's about the social and environmental impact. And it's also about gaining some kind of gravitas in terms of the work we do and extending it and, and, and hoping that, that other organizations, and as Maddie said, it's about networking, that other corporates and other funders um, you know, other businesses see the level of work that is produced and want in on it as well. So I think it, it goes beyond just the physical award. Um, it, it's about the longevity of impact that it grants. Maria Polo, when Nadia talks about that kind of scale in terms of what the award actually means, as somebody who has now won this three times, when we talk about things like Nadia talks about visibility, Madeleine talks about, Maddie talks about uh, the, the networking aspect, the ability to be able to leverage that. It almost feels for me incredibly intentional, and I don't want to slate other awards. You just don't often hear people that run awards of this, of this nature talk about that intent and the post-impact of winning something. In many instances, oh, this is the best song of the year, that's the best artist, and it kind of dies there. So have you been able to, Maria Polo, like really look at the intent and the impact of being a three-time BASA Award uh, winner? You know, I come from quite a different angle to Nadia. Um, I founded my business and it was a PTY. Its intention was to generate profits um, from the beginning. The company started seven years ago and from the beginning, a very strong intention of mine was to have an 80-20 ratio where 80% of the income generated for the company 
was through work, through clients, and 20% was funding-based. And the funding-based was really focused on um, community and outreach-type work. Um, you know, so, so the company was a bit of an experiment for me and, and for employees as we grew on um, generating income and, and changing the perspective of how we operate away from the NPR, NGO um, narrative and conversation. In 2020, the company closed down. Um, in, in essence, it closed down. It, it, I, I, um, I reshifted the company. So now it's just, I'm a consultant and a researcher and a visual artist, but it's just me. Um, so the whole company was very, very um, immediately impacted by COVID. Um, and it was at that point that we had already won three awards. The, the third award came while we were, I was really grappling with um, what am I going to do? It was last year. We had bought a building. We had overheads. We had machinery um, and staff and trying to figure out what the next step was. And the, the BASA Awards, every time, they were a... Um, a reminder that what we're doing matters. Um, and even now, you know, the company might have shifted, the employees have gone on to other things, but there's a reminder of certain projects that had real impacts um, and, and can, can form almost an example of case studies of how to work with corporates. Um, all of the ones that we worked, no, the, the, one, the one was more um, community-based, NGO-based, but the other two projects were very much clients, and um, I, and the projects were pitched in a way that they were our clients, um, and we were engaging with them not as a funder and a beneficiary, but as a client and a supplier, um, with a very strong sense of the arts must have impact. So it wasn't in in spite of that. Um, and what Barca did over the years was allow that to be seen. Um, and the, when you're running your own business, you often get this feeling that what you're doing in, is invisible, especially when you kind of walking this line between um, generating profits and having impact. And it's very hard to walk on that line and not just fall into one or the other. And often it feels like, is this worth it? Is it invisible? And Barca allowed it not to be invisible. And, um, you know, when I, when I pitch ideas to new clients of how we can not only do what you want, but also have a really good impact in the project, the projects, the, the Barca Awards were always examples of our success stories in previous cases. And even now that the company has shifted, I still use those projects as examples of how projects can have a longer impact. So, you know, the, it's quite interesting because what Nadia is speaking about is another angle on the same thing. So the Barca Awards has offered um, NGOs, PTYs, uh, micro-enterprises, larger enterprises, the, the opportunity for their approach and their projects to be viewed and analysed in a way that I think would be invisible without the awards. Nadia, have you been able to use the recognition of the awards, leverage those relationships for, for funding in a, I know the business models are very different, but in a kind of similar way when you're pitching, when you're engaging? Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, for us, the BASA Award, um, Awards has shown credibility 
um, mm. you know, to the organization. And Moving Into Dance is a funny three-year-old organization. Um, so we've been around for a while. But, you know, and, and like I spoke about earlier, visibility is always a problem, you know, because we're so entrenched in our own little corner of the world doing things and, you know, just managing your projects and then getting on with things. But, you know, when you go, you know, when you, you're pitching your business to, to anybody, if you could show something, you know, that, that actually adds to your credibility as an organization. And I think the BASA Award has certainly done that for us. Um, the last two times we won an award, it was for a project called Enable Through Dance, which essentially is an inclusive dance project. Um, we, we work with schools, uh, special needs schools, and teach um, young people dance and, and try and get them engaged in, in a full-on dance production where they get to experience all the, the thrill of, of, of a live performance. Um, it had taken us a long time to secure funding for this project. Um, and since Balsa has recognized it and saw the value in this project, um, you know, we, we've managed to access um, other funding opportunities through it. Um, so, yeah, it, it opens up doors. It adds to credibility. It, you know, if an organization like Business Arts South Africa, you know, could, could see the value in something, um, it, it, it's almost like other people, other funders, other corporates are, are, are well-versed with the fact that there is essentially value in this project and it, it sparks interest. Yeah, and you know, that's probably a perfect segue to bring Maddie back into this conversation where we talk about value because the question really then also speaks to part of that value being the fact that you're being judged by your contemporaries, your peers in the industry. Maddie, talk to me about the implicit, explicit value of being judged by a jury of, of one's peers and where does the advantage lie? Thanks, Sam. Yeah, I think that that's something that we as Business and Arts South Africa place a lot of focus and a lot of importance on is the quality of that adjudication panel um, and also the fact that they are an independent panel. So it's really key that none of the BASA team is part of that because obviously we very often work with some of the entrants through supporting grants, through our programs. So just making sure that that process is really transparent and above board is really important. And I think that that's also, as you said, one of the things that adds to the credibility of the awards. So the fact that we have um, particular policy in place around the kinds of people who are sitting on that adjudication panel, the terms that they serve, how that it's rotated so that we can ensure that there is some kind of sustainability and I guess you could say institutional memory of the awards in some way so that we make sure that there are always some old judges and new judges on the panel so that we're clear that any new judges are well inducted, that they have the guidance of longer standing judges who really understand the awards and what we're trying to do and kind of bring the new people on board and kind of guide that process. Um, I think that's really, really key. Um, and for us, it's also about the balance of people who are prominent in the creative sector, people who are prominent in business, 
in strategy who understand the kinds of partnerships and relationships that we're really wanting to recognize and celebrate through the awards is so vital. And then, of course, the fact that the entire judging process is audited as well is very important. So it just makes sure that we can, as you say, be above reproach, that everything is transparent, the processes, the criteria, the guidelines are all clear, um, and that we can actually get this audited and say that this has been done in a fair and transparent way, and these really are the cream of the crop when it comes to announcing the finalists and the winners. Transparency is really a key metric for building trust and value. How focused have you become on transparency as a cornerstone of the, of the awards? I think it's so important, Sam. I mean, not only because this is an awards program and that transparency is really vital for the BASA Awards to be seen as credible, for us to be trusted, um, but also just more broadly when it comes to building partnerships and relationships, that sense of transparency is so vital. So the very thing that we're advocating for is transparent, trusting, equitable partnerships between businesses and the arts and other partners. And so for us, if we are not practicing that level of transparency and if our stakeholders can't trust us, then, you know, that would be very contradictory and almost hypocritical in a sense. So transparency, I think, is very key for us as an organization. It's central to the kinds of values that we hold dear and that we're trying to advocate for. And it's a really valuable and vital key in building sustainable and successful relationships. Um, and I think relationships not only between business and the arts, but in any successful collaboration. Maria Polo, being judged by a panel of your peers, your contemporaries, and then where does the advantages lie of being judged? You know, um, I, I came, um, when, I, when I started my company, I, was a, I am a trained visual artist, but I'd worked at the Faculty of Art Design and Architecture as a curator of their gallery. And I really started being interested in loving cross-discipline work. And um, the, the additional creativity that comes from people within the, the creative economy working with each other with different skills. Um, and that was with the Faculty of Art Design and Architecture and with the department, with the UJ Arts and Culture. So there was this mix of different skills, different interpretations, different ideas of what a successful project is. And, you know, the BASA's, or BASA's approach, not just with the awards, but their approach with their training, their approach with their case studies, with their conference, always um, pushes the idea of cross-discipline. And it's... It's through that and with my, you know, I've, I've, I've worked with Barca, like I was, when I just started my company, um, I was on their, I was one of their beneficiaries. I was attending their business training. And it was the first time that I had met um, performance artists who were also starting a company and others who were also in the same position as me, but with different skills. And that became the ethos and the base of the Coloured Cube of my whole company was the idea of bringing people with different energies and skills to come up and conceptualise a project that could really be impactful for the clients. And the BASA Awards and the BASA judging process follows that. It follows this um, sense of, um, of, of cross-discipline, 
variety in how and who they choose. I don't know of another place that can be acknowledged because the work that we were doing in, in my company, I couldn't apply in any of the visual arts awards or training sessions because I, the company wasn't strictly visual arts or any of the disciplines. So that cross-discipline nature allows for, um, for a very dynamic space to exist, which I'm not sure exists in many other places. Nadia, the value of being judged and the advantages of being judged? You know, it's, it's very, um, I suppose it's very, I'm trying to think of the right word here. It's very, um, you know, one would say it's very difficult to be judged by peers, um, you know, but also I suppose it's also an advantage to be judged by your peers um, in the sense that, you know, you basically laid bare in front of people that know the industry that possibly know, you know, maybe not you, but know, knows the work of the organizations. And, you know, that, that could go either way. But the great thing about it is, the, you know, one knows that if you come out a winner or a finalist, it shows, you know, it makes, it makes one feel so much more um, valuable because your work has been seen by people that truly know, you know, what they're doing, understand the arts, understand the creative sector. And, you know, they, they basically saw you fit, saw your work um, fit uh, for, for an award. And I think, you know, that in and of itself shows, again, I use the word value, the value of what one does and the fact that one's peers sees value in the work as well. Maddie, I see your hand is up. Yes, thanks so much, Sam. I just wanted to come back to the previous point just around transparency and also respond quickly to some of the things that Nadia and Maria Paula have been speaking to now. Because um, one of the things I realized I forgot to mention was, I think especially with this being Bass's 25th awards, we are again partnering with Hollard, who has been a long trusted and valued partner. Um, with this big anniversary, I think it's been quite, quite a big thing for Business and Arts South Africa to be here 25 years later and still feel that we are relevant and that our awards are of value and that they are making impact to our award winners and to the sector. And I think especially given a lot of the challenges that the sector has faced over the past couple of years, I mean, COVID obviously was a really big one, but there's a lot of other issues around trust within the sector. Um, you know, there've been a lot of challenges, not only within our sector, but globally, just around mismanagement, poor leadership. And so I think particularly for this year's awards, it's so important for us to really drive that transparency, continue to trust our stakeholders and um, try to continue that relationship of mutual trust um, and to really honor the incredible work that is being done by business and arts partnerships um, and to keep doing the work as an organization that is seen to be one who is reliable, who does have credibility and for us to be able to use that status to support our stakeholders as well, I think is something, particularly this year, that's been quite top of mind for me and for the rest yeah. of the team. Maria Paula, to kind of what Nadia and Madeleine is saying, that BASA is intentionally focused on 
uh, trust as a value proposition in how they've built the 25 years. Nadia reflects that too. And ultimately, I think maybe if you read between the lines, that trust is also, Mario Polo, when we say we're going to do something, we are actually going to do it and deliver it to the best of our ability, right? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, my, my journey and knowledge of Barca um, started 10 years ago, you know, when I, I was very conscious that I need to learn more and very conscious that I'm not sure what the next steps are. And, you know, it was, it was one of their programs that kind of ignited um, what my next steps were and, and gave me a mentor that had um, big impact on my growth and is still my friend. And, you know, it's, it's through this ongoing trust. I, I, I question the idea that um, trust is only seen through longevity. I think that's, some of us are igniters and some of us are in for the long distance run. I'm a sprinter um, and my, my role is to shift and question and challenge things. And I think my company succeeded in that. I don't think that it failed because it no longer exists. exists. But the, the relationship with Barca has transformed and shifted as I and my journey has grown. And I think um, Barca has been that to many individuals in the sector because it's, it's really, really important. And I think Barca has achieved that quite, quite successfully with many organizations. Ideally, they could do it with all the great organizations, but you know, even the Barca Awards, the idea that you have to apply. You, they don't just pick anybody randomly. You have to go and you have to apply your company with this project and you've got to justify it and the organization or the corporate you work with has to come comment on that. It's the whole process is a dual process, um, which, which opens the opportunity for any organization to, to, to leverage it, to, to take advantage of it, um, in, in quite a, a open way. Um, and I love that their judging is all external. That's, that's a really great sign because the, 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 the idea that it isn't through the relationships that people have with Barca that allows them to win gives your award more credibility, um, which is very smart thinking. Nadia? Um, Sam, I just wanted to say that, that Barca is also about investment. And uh, Maria mentioned that she you know, started off with Barca and attended training. Um, I myself as well, um, you know, a lot of the dancers that have come through moving into dance have attended training through Barca. And I think, you know, ultimately for me, it is about seeing arts businesses succeed. So it's not just about giving you an award at some point, but it is about investing in your development, seeing you grow. And that award is almost like, you know, the apex of, of, of what they were trying to achieve. So I think, you know, it's not just a victory for the organization or, or for the, you know, the sponsor or the, the business you partner with, but also an incredible achievement for Barca because their investment has paid off. So, you know, when we speak about integrity and we speak about trust, it really is about Barca assisting arts businesses in terms of invest, you know, instilling these values in them and, and, and trying to create a platform where we have not just artists, but artists that have a professional etiquette. Nadia, as a judge this year, you're behind the curtain. You've obviously been briefed with a, with a mandate. 
the role of awards in terms of its vision and in, and its mission to be intentional about changing the industry, about being a lot more inclusive, about opening up the doors for the person behind you, allowing young people through the door, but at the same time staying authentic to those that are currently doing the work in the industry. Um, I love what Maria Paolo just said, and I completely agree with her. I, you know, I think often we get so focused on perfection that we lose sight of progress. And for me, I think the Barca Awards has always been about progression. Um, and, you know, I, I just, I think one of the, the great things that I've, I've seen this year being behind the curtain, as you call it, is just seeing, you know, new new arts businesses that, that I've never heard of before, um, you know, come, you know, having been um, started by young people, you know, whereas some of us have been in this industry for a long time. It's just, it, it was so refreshing, but also just seeing these young people finding new and different forms of sponsorship, you know, from, from little businesses and, you know, finding shabins that support them or allow them access, you know, to, to perform plays in the space. And, and it was just absolutely mind-blowing for me thinking about, you know, we are the creative sector, but sometimes we lose our creativity in, you know, how we could perform our creative genius, uh, so to speak. Um, so that was very inspirational for me. And I think that, you know, sometimes we need to re you know, we need to reinvigorate, re-innovate, um, find new ways of doing old things and doing them better, um, but seeing the progress, not, not being fixated on perfection. Madeline, what is the mission this year of the awards? So I think the mission this year is still very much in alignment with what the original purpose of the Barca Awards are, which are to recognize and celebrate partnerships with the arts and particularly partnerships from the private sector. Um, but something that I also just wanted to draw on, I think also in response to some of the things that Nadia and Maria Paula were saying just now about innovating, challenging, really using the awards to kind of drive how things change and shift in the sector. Um, is something that we've seen in terms of how the Barca Awards themselves have changed over the years. So when the awards first started, it was a lot more focused on recognizing the business as the sponsor of the arts project. Whereas in more recent years, we've opened that up and we started to focus a lot more on both the partners. <laughs> and I know that Maria Paula is smiling right now because she was one of the ones who also really strongly drove that for us. Um, and so I think definitely as an organization, as an awards program, it's so important to be able to stick to your kind of core purpose, but at the same time, be able to shift and adjust to maintain relevance as times shift and change. And so that's one of the things that we've seen a shift in. Our, our categories have changed a little bit over the years um, but I think also some of the one of the things that we've come to realize quite strongly is that one of the main things Barca exists to do is to help the, the arts and culture sector be more sustainable. And yes, we do that primarily through encouraging business support, 
Um, but it's not all about the business. They're a vital partner for the sector, but actually it's, it's more strongly about the relationship between the partners. And so that's why we've shifted to really give the arts partner a strong focus as well and also give them some of the limelight um, in these awards and celebrating that achievement. And the categories like the Small Business Award, the, uh, the First Time Sponsor Award, in-kind sponsorships and even the Innovation Award, I think are so vital for helping shift the perspective of the broader sector so that people see we don't only have to be chasing the big bucks from the massive corporations. Yes, those are funds that are available, but there are other ways of working. There are other types of collaborations and they can be just as successful and sometimes even perhaps more impactful. So for us, it's really about driving that change, getting business to understand how valuable the arts sector can be um, and how useful it can be to partner with them. And also, I think, helping the arts sector be able to articulate their value more clearly and see what is possible. Before I started working at Barca, I was an arts management student and a theater design student and I got to know about BASA through my lecturers and I attended the BASA Awards. And it was so inspiring, like Nadia was saying, to learn about arts organizations that you didn't know existed. Fantastic projects, businesses who support the arts that you weren't aware of. And it's so, so inspiring. So aside from BASA's continued mandate, the awards continued mandate of promoting these kinds of partnerships and advocating for those mutually beneficial partnerships that are equitable and that can be sustainable. Um, it's also about really highlighting the value of the arts themselves. And I think particularly this year, after coming out of COVID, seeing how the sector has really struggled, I think it's just so important for us to really recognize and celebrate the determination and the creativity of the arts organizations and their business partners who supported them. Um, because I think they really found persistent, imaginative, and also very diverse ways of working together last year. And I think this year in particular, it's so important to celebrate that and recognize that because that can really help inspire others in the sector not only to give the winners and the finalists the recognition they deserve, but also help shift how the sector is thinking and spark some ideas for how we could move forward as a sector. Are you then saying that this award is incredibly important to kind of where we need to steer the creative industry? I mean, I think so, Sam. It's, you know, for me, I think the awards build on previous years and every year we try and take it a little bit further um, but I think also being our 25th anniversary, just looking at where we've come the last 25 years, we're really thinking very strongly about how as an organization we move forward and how we continue to serve the sector and our stakeholders. Um, so I don't necessarily think it's something that hasn't been on the cards in previous years, but it is definitely a very important and much more highlighted priority for us this year. And especially now going back to an in-person event, um, what COVID did for us was really force us to think differently about how we engaged 
particularly with the awards, which has always been an in-person event. Um, and then that shift to digital, digital was quite a big change for us. But at the same time, it, it helped us engage with our stakeholders in a different way. And so this year, we're actually looking at a hybrid award ceremony. So yes, the primary event will be in person in Johannesburg, but we're not letting go of that digital element because there are so many people that we wouldn't be able to reach or engage with if we went back to fully in person. So I think that these are some of the lessons that we've learned. Um, and for us, it's about celebrating. It's about finding a way to move forward as an organization um, and just inspiring the sector and the people who the people in the businesses who partner with the sector to keep up the incredible work that has been happening because it's so valuable. I'm going to wrap up this interview with Nadia and, um, and Maria Pola, but I think Maddie's already spoken to the cross-industry relationships and how important relationships are. I'm not going to ask you, Nadia, how we build. I'm going to ask you on the assumption that they already exist. What is right at the moment? I would say it is about continuous work. And uh, Michelle Constance, um, who's the previous CEO, CEO of Alsa, yeah. um, she used to speak about, she used to say it's not fundraising, it's friendraising. And I always remember that. And I think the maintenance of a relationship is so important. And it's not just about, um, you know, just taking the money or taking whatever sponsorship is and just, you know, finishing off a project and, and you know, there you go, you're all done. I think it's about a continuous investment into the relationship, whether there is, um, you know, financial gain in it or not, um, it really is about finding the longevity in that relationship and investing in it and seeing the value. And I think, you know, some of the, the key points that we touched on through this discussion has been trust and integrity and investment and longevity. And, and those, those are words I think we need to um, cleave to. Maria Polo, how do we then build as the final idea a cross-industry within the creative sector that really does speak to that young man, woman, that experienced organization and that we can then find each other somewhere in the middle? Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, um, I, I studied, um, and I often speak to this, but I'm going to say it again because it's so relevant. I am... Um, when I was doing my master's in business, I was the only person in my class who was from the creative sector and the only entrepreneur. Almost everyone there was um, from corporate or government. And I cannot under-emphasize under how, how much of a learning curve it was of what we have in the creative economy and take for granted. Um, and I didn't know it before being in this um, space where I was, I was so other. You know, you, you kind of stick to your own. And in, in that context, um, I would, you know, the lecturer would ask a question and I would give some crazy answer and I would, I didn't care if it was wrong. I was exploring, I was experimenting, which is very common in the creative economy. It's not as common in other, other sectors. In, in most sectors, people fear being wrong. They fear failure. They fear standing out and having a spotlight on them. Whereas in the creative economy, if you're not willing to have a voice, 
If you're not willing to have a perspective, to have a have a have a a, a context that you come from and you're trying to explore, you're invisible. So we nurture that within the creative economy, all the disciplines. We nurture the sense of self and the sense of diversity and identity and challenging one another and debate and arguments. It's, it's a common ground in the creative economy. And it's something that's critical in society at the moment. So, so my advice to leaders within the creative economy um, in order to grow the creative economy and in order to grow um, opportunities for youth in the sector that I still think there is so much potential is to first see our worth. Um, and that worth is financial, economical, um, it's linked to diversity, it's linked to discussion, it's linked to societal engagements, um, and it's undervalued as soon as you step out of our little beautiful bubble. Um, and the challenge is to grow that bubble. We, can't, we have to stop talking to each other. We have to start speaking to other departments, departments of trade and industry, departments of education, departments of economic development, not just the departments of arts and culture, because we belong there. Um, we should be part of the 4IR conversation as the forerunners. We, we undervalue how important we are in our society. And the first change that has to happen is with us and how we view ourselves um, and then how we communicate and engage externally. Um, and then we will see micro businesses thriving in the creative economy because they have access to market, they have access to export, they have access to machinery, to opportunity, to education. But as long as we keep looking internally and we keep crying and fighting with each other, we're never going to grow. Mario Pola, Nadia, Maddie, thank you very much for your insights.